Hi, and welcome to today's podcast, Executive Insights for CIOs. My name's Ian Rutherford. I'm Vice President for Performance IT for Cisco, and I'll be your host for today's episode, How You Can Build a Successful Hybrid Workplace for Your Business. I'm joined by Chuck Churchill from Cisco IT, our internal IT function, to help provide some practical examples and advice in terms of how we've approached workplace transformation. So welcome, Chuck. Could you introduce yourself? Thanks, Ian. I am happy to be here. Uh, I'm Chuck Churchill, and my role within Cisco, being a director uh, within IT, uh, is to help the company uh, return to the office. Uh, one of the things I have been involved with over the past 18 months or so was the rapid exodus from the office to the work from home. Uh, and then over the past 18 months, as uh, globally offices have uh, returned or have started to return uh, based on uh, the safety conditions, I've been involved in orchestrating the IT team to make sure uh, that we can actually execute a successful return to office. That's great, Chuck. And I think it's fantastic. We've got uh, the experience that you've had over the last, especially over the last 18 months to bring to bear to this conversation. So I think it's going to be a really practical discussions about the realities of what, what, what has happened and what needs to happen. So great to have you here. So I'd like to start our conversation by sort of setting the stage a little bit. So the pandemic obviously has upended the workplace and the office environment as we know it. And as you, as you just mentioned, and over the last 12 to 18 months, the workplace has gone through some profound and accelerated changes, the likes which we probably haven't seen in the industry to date. Some organizations have transformed overnight from being more than 95% site and campus-based to more than 98% home-based just to be able to continue to operate. And as businesses have started to assess the impact of that operating model, both on the organization and on the individual, a spectrum of outcomes for the future is being discussed, but the majority look dramatically different to where we were before this all started. And that, you know, there are plenty of examples of that, such as uh, nationwide insurance in the US announcing all their workers outside their four campus locations would be permanently based at home from now on. And there's plenty of statistics that sort of show a big variance in approach of how they will look at workplace in the future. To kick the sort of discussion off, uh, Chuck, if you if you look at the, the sort of question that we want to pose, it's not really about when we return to the office, but what will the office actually look like when we do? What's what's your view from what you're seeing? Um, you know, Ian, that's the right question to ask, right? As companies head back to the office and we talk about hybrid working and the hybrid workplace, the scope becomes much more complicated uh, than just supporting people working from home. Think about it this way. Um, there will be some people that will still be in front of a laptop working from home, some others in a meeting room. Uh, for for anyone who's been a remote attendee to an in-person meeting in the past, you'll know that that's a much more complicated thing to do. Uh, and that may not have been considered when people were looking for that short-term solution for, for work from home. So you're gonna have more people, you know, dialing into a meeting, video, audio, et cetera, et cetera, joining people who may be in a room, much more so than what we have in the past. Uh, and so uh, designing for this new hybrid workplace is a lot more complicated and needs to be more of a sustained model than a temporary one. Um, the reality is that we're just at the start of defining what's next. For us, there's still a lot of work to do driven by our need to rethink the workplace experience. So 
first, you have to redefine what workplace means. Um, offering our teams a wider choice of where they work from. And, and this is based on direct feedback that we've had from employees and their managers over the past 18 months. Um, second is that additionally, you, we, we know that certain roles and personas, you know, creative roles, the early in career, they need a more immersive experience to thrive, whereas process roles are good candidates for sustained remote work. So all of these roles will need a physical link to the culture of the company, at least periodically, but it's gonna vary based on role. And then, you know, finally, and I think the thing to think about is, is in terms of physical, the, the physical Cisco office, we're rethinking the collaboration experience. As we realize that the physical office becomes a mixed model with less people on site 100% of the time and more people using the office as a resource right, where collaborative teams gather periodically. Hence the, the types of rooms, the collaboration solutions, the reservation capabilities are all being rethought right now, Ian. Certainly when you start looking at the physical office space and you, you, you mentioned the, the sort of room and booking systems and stuff like that, there's also a requirement in different countries around uh, the audit trail of who, who has been where and when. And do you see technology playing an important part in that for how you validate that we're we're complying with regulations? Mm. Um, yes, and that and that does vary uh, uh, globally uh, and regionally. Uh, there are uh, still, even as we speak, there are countries and counties uh, and states across the globe uh, who are still doing physical inspections to make sure that we're basically complying. And, and even for the sake of our own employees, mostly for the sake of our own employees, uh, we do need to comply with the local regulations, right? The safety of the employee is, is topmost in our mind. And so we do use technologies. Uh, for us, um, uh, DNA spaces is, is one that we use to make sure that we are not overcrowding in, in particular, uh, any one space on a particular floor. Um, and, uh, and that uh, combined with obviously just badging rates and other things, is data that we are feeding to our regional executives so that they can understand that we are actually following not only best practices, but regional guidelines. I'd say it certainly sounds significantly more complex than the, the traditional sort of facility management of, of space that we've had in the past, that's for sure. So a lot has been discussed about the emergence of hybrid workplace and like everything in the IT industry we, we like to put labels on things and and hybrid the hybrid workplace means a lot of things to a lot of different people but what does it mean in a practical sense and and what what needs to be prioritized in the future from your perspective and your your experience yeah you know Ian um uh, you know a lot of people are basically uh, saying that work is a thing you do not a place you go uh, and I think that's a serious mantra for us to follow as, as we go forward. Um, it's a great way of approaching it. So, so first, physical offices will need to evolve to be a desirable collaboration experience, as we talked about before. Uh, an event rather than just going to a box or a cube uh, to do your email. And the services and amenities that support that will also have to evolve. So when you think about that, building this new workplace has a three-sided need, right, from your your HR, you know, caring about the individuals and ensuring that they follow best practices to facilities that's providing the services and amenities to your technology department or your IT department 
um, that is offering uh, the best that they possibly can in terms of new collaboration solutions, things like DNA spaces uh, for uh, anonymous tracking purposes, et cetera. So those three facets of the company coming together are absolutely required. Um, and with them, they're going to build out a hybrid long-term policy that will vary by role, geography, and industry. So you know, no one believes it's going back to where we were 12 months ago. But, but the partnership of the three functions is critical to get the best outcomes for the workplace, for the workforce, and have it be a key talent retention factor. So, so Ian, there's a short window to act before employees return to previous norms when visiting physical offices. And, and this is an opportunity to reset the office environment for the hybrid future of work. So there's quite a few sort of complexities and dependencies in, in what you've just described. And so from your from your experience so far, um, and with many organizations in very early stages of transforming, and you mentioned we're, you know, we're on our own journey within Cisco uh, to that hybrid workplace model, what have we learned a to do and b not to do as as you know some real real sort of practical experiences of uh, of guidance you would give our listeners well we've we've had our, our learnings both ways that's very true ian um you know what we've learned to do is uh is that we really need to build this digital agility that we've we've kind of talked about with customers uh cisco spent a lot of time talking to customers about digital agility and, and four things have stood out as being important, some of which we've already touched on, all of which really resonate to me in my job in IT. And let me touch on a couple of them. So first, transforming the infrastructure to accommodate the hybrid and multi-cloud environments, um, which is really talking about offering a consistent operational model that goes across on-premise, private cloud, public and SaaS. Um, and what I mean by this, Ian, is, is the fact that in a lot of situations, the applications and business processes that are supported by them, that users use some of that data and processing is on-prem in some data center, some of it's in a private cloud, some of it uses SaaS. So be able to, uh, be able to accommodate people reaching all of those facets of that of those applications and solutions, whether you're at home or somewhere in the middle or at the office, means that we do have to transform our, our infrastructure to support that. Um, second is, is you think about this, but delivering a better end user experience by delivering better application experiences. Since the applications are now in this complex multi-cloud world, they've grown beyond the scale of human management. So you need analytics, insights, and automation to keep pace. A really great way to kind of think about that is if you're actually sitting at home and you're having an issue getting to an application in order to do your job, uh, is it really the application issue? Is it really your home network? Is it an ISP kind of sitting somewhere in the middle? Uh, you add additional layers by having those individuals not be in the office. And so uh, in order for, for us to scale, to kind of understand what that experience is, you need additional analytics, insights, and automation. Um, Ian, for us, that's meant a much faster paced rollout and adoption of things like Thousand Eyes and AppD. So we can kind of see all those layers in between. And that's uh, really been a help for us. Um, and so, you know, uh, providing employees with that kind of secure access to the apps and data that they need, taking all those layers in between, um, has really been critical for us. And, and it's a big piece of that digital agility story. So um, what we've learned not to do 
<laughs> there, there is a couple things. Um, as an industry, we've been talking about digital transformation for a while, but the last 18 months has been a reminder that we can't plan for transformation to be a predictable one-time event. There are so many things changing in this fast-paced hybrid world, uh, driven by the pandemic, uh, but other things as well, uh, that, uh, that that digital transformation is going to be kind of shaped as we go. So it's not a one-time event. And, and the second thing I'll say is don't take the end user experience for granted. Again, we need to layer analytics and machine learning on top of our telemetry and our alerts and our insights, et cetera, uh, to let the end user whether they're working from a closet somewhere in their house or in the office. Uh, but we need to try and solve programmatically uh, what may be occurring uh, with that end user. And, and you mentioned a couple of times, uh, Chuck, and you referred to the end user experience. It's, it's something that I hear a lot of customers talk to when, when uh, we're, we're speaking to them at an executive level in terms of their, their sort of primary care abouts. Have you seen a significant change in the level of end-user experience as a result of working for home? Because I, I, I have a perception that in the past, you know, a, a home-based user would would necessarily be prepared to put up with a slightly different service to what they got if they were based <laughs> on a campus, for example. So have you, have you seen some changes in that sort of expectation level as well? Uh, we absolutely have. Uh, and, 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 you know, if you're all back the clock some number of years ago, if there was a person other than ex an executive uh, who was working from home and they were having a problem, uh, the standard IT uh, reply might be, well, you know, the application looks fine on our end. It must be something on your end. And we just leave it there. Right. Because we'd be like, well, you know, we can't tell what's happening in between. Yeah, I think once, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, once over the past 18 months, once everyone started working from home, we realized that was not acceptable anymore. Uh, we needed to care about the end user experience. So now we have a uh, thousand eyes, which is measuring, can measure that end user experience from your laptop back to on-prem, your laptop to a SaaS uh, solution like WebEx um, or Salesforce, et cetera. Um, and then we've also really rapidly rolled out um, application dynamics. And, and the, the application dynamics piece is, is not just tracking whether or not the application is up or down, uh, which we may have done traditionally in the past, but which pieces, which business transactions within that application may be performing slowly. Um, and it may be performing slowly because of where you are. Uh, and how much data has to be trans transferred back down to your laptop, et cetera. Um, so, so we are very much uh, now focused and forever focused on that end user experience. That will never change. Yeah, that's a that's a very different profile of end user experience to traditionally what we uh, talk about from an IT perspective in the past. That's for sure. So there's there's obviously a lot of exciting opportunities uh, afforded by this workplace transformation that you've talked about, Chuck. It, because you know the, the the upside of all of the the terrible times we've been through is that there are opportunities for new hybrid ways of working. And from your perspective, what are the some of the key points for businesses to consider as their workforces look to return to the office? Yeah, you know, Ian, I think I think it's all about the people, right? So so think about the people. Some some people have struggled working from home. 
and they may want to go back to using the office just as they did before the pandemic. For those users, we're looking at how we use technology to keep them safe by controlling the density, reducing the need to touch shared surfaces like meeting room controls, uh, handsets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some people may never want to go to the office again. And for those users, we're looking at what the next generation teleworker solution is and how can you use technology to really monitor, secure, and improve their experience as we talked about before. You know, then there are these people who will want to go back for a reason. Uh, they may be uh, a customer they have to visit, a project meeting, a team building event or whatever. Those people want to work out what new collaboration space is. And, and we really need to kind of, again, rethink about what we're offering, how we do reservations, the amenities that we basically have. Uh, on-site, et cetera. So we see the new workplace as being much more fluid. And in Cisco, our goal is to give users the choice and to train our leaders in how to build new team norms for this hybrid working environment. That That's interesting. And, and I, I suppose it's fair to say as well, this is a very dynamic sort of situation that we're in at the moment and thinking is changing rapidly and uh, corporations are looking at tackling things in different ways with new ideas. Have you have you seen any sort of more recent develops in the developments in the very recent past that uh, you think are worth sort of sharing with the listeners and for consideration of some of those priorities? I think there's uh, there are some changes in in the marketplace that we're beginning to see. Um, again, if again we see enterprises thinking about the employee. And so rather than having people either work from home or come to a large campus or an office that may be in the middle of some city and dealing with the commute again <laughs> that, that they left behind, right? Everyone forgets about the commute. Um, uh, there are enterprises and companies out there that are really thinking about the people and saying, you know, maybe we can support that satellite office concept. So is there some place where, yes, you need to get out of the house? B, you don't want to do the full commute like you did before that will support, you know, that that satellite community, right? The ability to kind of work from someplace in between that's more convenient for your daycare, more convenient for other needs. Um, and so this concept of work from home, work from the office, and now we're blending it with work for someplace in between that may be more convenient for you. That's also beginning to emerge. Um, and I'll go back into the fact that this is all about digital agility. So regardless of where you decide your employees are going to work that's best for them, that ability to join in, collaborate, use the office resources uh, uh, to the way that, that you need to, um, you know, get to your applications and, and, and really be concerned about that end user experience no matter where you are, it's very important. That's a fascinating set of insights. Uh, thank you, Chuck. And I, and I really do appreciate uh, sharing some of the practical experiences that, that uh, you've seen dealing with, a, you know, a very large uh, sort of corporate network that we deal with and a, and a very distributed uh, set of users that we have globally. So thanks very much for that, Chuck. You are welcome. So let's wrap up with just taking a quick look at some of the economics of these types of transformation programs, because it's it's very easy to assume that the the fundamentals is that all of the requirements and the capabilities that Chuck has talked about are simply net adds to existing budgets of existing costs to deliver infrastructure back to the to the business. 
But what we've seen when we've been working with our clients is that effective business cases that demonstrate how existing technology budgets can be repurposed to deliver the investment that's required to deliver the types of capabilities that Chuck uh, has mentioned are are quite achievable. And in fact, there's there are some key levers that can be tackled to look at how infrastructure costs of operate can be reduced in order to create headroom for investment, particularly around consolidation of data and voice networks into a single infrastructure, a dense deployment of wireless and uh, the, the removal of sort of fixed land networks, uh, but also the software defined element, which, uh, which Chuck referred to several times, uh, and pushing policy into the network in an automated way to reduce the operational costs and the ability to make changes ubiquitously across the environment in, in much, much shorter pre periods of time and being able to provision new capabilities more quickly. So in conclusion, I think, I, and, I, and I know you all have all found this session very useful and, and helpful in getting insights as to our experience. But I think also there is a, a big opportunity to prioritize transformation in this area to deliver a lot of value back to the user base within the economic envelopes that all of our customers operate in. So I'm going to thanks again to you, Chuck. It's been great to have you and for spending your time in sharing your insights. To find out more about workplace transformation, please go to cisco.com slash go slash executive insights. That's cisco.com forward slash go forward slash executive insights. And please be sure to check out more episodes in our executive insights for CIOs podcast series. Thanks very much.